notre pays produit suffisamment de quoi nous nourrir. Nous pouvons dépasser même notre production, malheureusement. Par manque d'organisation, nous sommes encore obligés de tendre la main pour demander des aides alimentaires. Ces aides alimentaires qui nous bloquent, qui nous inspirent, qui installent dans nos esprits cette habitude, ces réflexes de mendiant, d'assister. Nous devons mettre de côté ces aides par notre grande production. Il faut réussir à produire plus. Produire plus. Produire plus parce que il est normal que celui qui vous donne à manger vous dicte également ses volontés. Nous consommons que ce que nous contrôlons. Il y en a qui demandent mais où se trouve l'impérialisme. L'impérialisme, regardez dans vos assiettes, quand vous mangez les grains, de, les grains de riz, de maïs, de mille importés, c'est ça, c'est ça l'impérialisme, n'allez pas plus loin. Hello everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of the 1804. I'm Andy, um, long time no see. Took a little break, but I'll be back regularly from now on. So let's get started. Mainly what I'm going to be covering today is the ran, um, current siege of gang members um, in Haiti. Uh, show you a few videos of that as well. Um, other than that too, the, a, a leak, a, a US leak, but it had Intel regarding the Wagner group um, pitching an idea of going into Haiti. We'll cover that um, itself and the implications of that with um, the Jordan Moïse assassination back in 2021 as well. And um, uh, the new appointment for BNU Maria Isabel Salvador will be is um, made an, um, sorry, <laughs> addressed the UN on April 26th. We'll be taking a look at that. Nothing new there, but I will give you uh, my two cents. Once you get there. So this is from the Miami Herald, a few videos showing it too, but um, residents of Haiti, cap of, um, of Haiti capital, Port-au-Prince, seize gang members from cops, shoot and burn some alive. I'll just play a few videos and then we'll get to it. So these are from my bookmarks here. I found on Twitter. <laughs> You can see these people on the ground. These are alleged, uh, alleged and suspected gang members um, that were seized. Some by cops and some by um, other citizens in a country. I believe it's Thomasin or Laboule. I have to double check, but you'll see that they're actually um, pitching rocks um, at them and kicking them when while while they can while they're on the ground. Um, some of them have their hands tied, but most of them just have their hands behind their back or. Um, surrendered. So 
It's another one here. This is from a different date, but this is Civilians going to kill Which I didn't see till now with a few a few them are actually shooting. Damn. So I'll get into the article here, but when officers saw that the minibus was packed with young men, they suspected of being gang members, they stopped it and made everyone get off and lie on the ground. Soon residents of the neighborhood appeared, dragged the men away from police custody, and beat and stoned them. Then they threw gasoline soaked tires on top of them, all under the eyes of the police, setting fire to more than a dozen people, some of them still alive. Poor gasoline, poor gasoline. Someone is heard saying on a one of several videos showing the killing of the suspected gang members by the mob. So <clears throat> this is the state of Haiti right now. Um, nothing new in the sense of um, it's not the first time when there's been chaos or sometimes of turmoil. Um, they'll they'll burn bodies alive. Um, gang members do it too. Um, in this sense, I'm not condoning it. But in this sense, in the situation they're in, I'm not surprised that they would do um, they would do such a thing, considering the fact that they've been terrorized by um, gang activities for who knows how many um, how many years. Especially, probably been worse. Sorry, there's a fruit fly in my face. Um, probably more than um, probably more um, more rampant and more even, I'd say, dangerous re with the um, assassination. So, I'm not surprised. People are tired. So I'll keep going here. In a statement, the Haitian National Police confirmed the incident. The latest as neighborhoods of, in Port-au-Prince increasingly come under attack by criminal gangs, police abandon posts, and residents react with their own brand of justice. And that's another thing too, right? Um, like most developed countries, like for example, here in Canada, if I call 911, I know within five, ten minutes they're going to come, right? Um, I know there's a lot of police presence where, although I, I'm not, it's not like that, I, if I, it's not like, when I was in Times Square, for example, I saw the police presence here. I can still drive around, but I know, for example, if I need help or people know that they can't um, necessarily do uh, any type of thing that they want because there are still cops roaming around in a cruiser as well. So in a sense for um, people taking um, matters to their own hands in Haiti, I know a lot of them own already um, weapons like uh, obviously guns. Um, so something like this, obviously... It's no surprising because the cops, you can't rely. Again, the system's already weak. Can't really rely on the cops to um, protect you. I know here it's a little different where they're seeking more um, justice because although some of them did bring them to the cops, one day if they found detained uh, suspect gang members, a lot of them, like I said, were killed as well. So but with that being said, this is the situation they're in now. Um, I'm not surprised considering the fact that the, the situation that they live in. But the action are not without consequences. After residents in the neighborhood of, of Tunnel and Pétionville on March 9th intercepted and burned several presumed gang members and turned over the, to the police, they were targeted. 
On March 20th, several members residents were killed in retaliation. Their houses and vehicles burnt, according to a report by the Center of Analysis and Research in Human Rights. Jean believes that Monday's lynching is directly tied to the death of a well-known gang leader, Carlo Petit-Homme, who was also known as Timakak, and led the gang by the same name. The gang started as a band of ragtag land thieves and emerged as one of the more powerful armed groups terrorizing residents in La Boule and Thomasin, affluent com communities in the hills over, um, oh, sorry, above Port-au-Prince. So, there's another gang, um, gang leader there. Not one of the, I've heard of him, uh, a few times, not one of the bigger ones, but he did, his name was thrown out there as one of the leaders of gangs, um, in Port-au-Prince. So, with that being said too, once it's like a power vacuum, even politics, where there's a power vacuum, um, most times where there's been a uh, bit of chaos after the president gets assassinated or leaves or dies unexpectedly without any um, legitimate appointment. Um, same situation for gangs. Um, if you kill their leader, really, the organization of that gang itself is weak um, already, um, already unless there's somebody appointed to take that other step. But most times it's already weakened once the leader is um, weak as well. We've seen that too with um, the um, obviously Osama, the Osama, um, Osama bin Laden kill, killing as well. Al Qaeda fell, and even for his um, the successor, sorry, not the successor. I have to double check this, but there was a second um, rival gang in Afghanistan which got assassinated, um, who got killed as well a couple of years later too. But I'll have to double check which um, sorry, not gang, which terrorist group I should say. Um, that was there. So we'll see how this goes. There's still many gangs um, still out there with the uh, such as Vitalom, um, Tirapui, um, and the gangs of Katsamazo too. Um, does that mean anything? Like obviously it, it helped for the people of Tomasin La Boule, but on the grand scheme of things, it doesn't um, do much. But um, at least in a sense, not condoning the violence, but at least in the sense that they can find a little peace um, for a short period of time. So next up, we'll get to the. It's another Miami Herald article, but it was the Pentagon's leak, though, um, shows Russia and China's reach in Latin America and in the Caribbean. A recent leak of U.S. classified intelligence reports appeared to confirm that many Latin America and Caribbean watchers have warned about in recent years Russia and China are trying to gain a foothold amid waning U.S. leadership. Screenshots of some of the documents obtained by the Miami Herald show that Russian mercenaries were planned to pitch a plan to provide security in Haiti after months of unsuccessful negotiations led by the United States to form multinational force to help tackle escalating armed gangs, violence in the Caribbean nation. They also revealed that the Russian government was trying to use um, Brazil's offer to mediate the war in the Kremlin, uh, in the Kremlin launch against Ukraine to its advantage. So, yeah, this was leaked from uh, two leaked sets from Jack Texera. Uh, it was two sets of classified document that was leaked in a telegram chat um, related to Russia-Ukraine wars and other foreign intelligence around the world, including um, the mercenaries in the potential mercenaries that were going into Haiti. So we're talking about Russian mercenaries. They don't sp specify the wider group, but it's mainly, we're talking about this. It is the main mercenary group of Russia. I'll play a few videos and then we'll get into the implications of that and why I found it. Um, if this is true, I find it very um, interesting, which ties dots to other um, things that people had, had, had alluded to 
um, regarding to the assassination of Jovenel Moïse. So this is some guy. Um, he'll explain what um, exactly what the Wagner group is doing in Sudan. It's so striking that anywhere there's instability or an attack on democracy in Africa, the winner group is involved. And more often than not, they are on the side of the militia. Look at Burkina Faso, for instance. All the country minds are taken over by proxies of the winner group. The same thing that is happening in Sudan. Wagner is like the connect point of gathering intelligence around our natural resources. So I want to show you something interesting here. And before actually I address this, he's talking about seeing like a lot of, he's saying, he's basically essentially saying in every little proxy war, the Wagner group seems to be involved in Sudan. Um, what are their interests? That's not addressed in the, um, in the video, but it seems like it's another country where um, Sudan is trying to get uh, foothold on the um, obviously on the international stage, trying to get out of the situation, obviously trying to better the country as well. And with the result of that too, there's been a lot of proxy wars that's been going on um, as well. But the main thing is that there's still there's contracted mercenaries there in Russia, and we know the presence in of Russia, um, Russia and Wagner mercenaries going in there, which I'll show in the second uh, snippet of the second video. Um, in their presence mainly in a lot of african countries um and you see here the reception in sudan i'm assuming this this is from sudan here um you'll see la russie c'est wagner nous aimons la nous aimons la russie nous aimons wagner um the mercenaries that are going into um russia because maybe they're accepting them as oh maybe they're coming here to help us out right so we'll see i don't know um, but that's per that's the perception that they have based off these signs here. Makeup in Africa one. Wagner also get intelligence about the governance structure in Africa. Sudan's gold is a source of wealth for Wagner, but as well as controlling the purse strings, it's also acting as a political puppet master. We have identified that those type of yeah so they're in sudan and i'll play another video here explains it very well strategies they employ to do russia's dirty work around the world the wagner group targets countries experiencing long conflicts or that are weakly governed or corrupt okay so that's haiti definition of haiti right take now. syria which has been under authoritarian rule for more than 50 years and in 2011 saw a civil war break out between the syrian government and anti-government rebel groups to fight the rebels syrian dictator bashar al-assad turned to his russian ally for help shortly after wagner mercenaries appeared in syria to support the government forces since then, all these countries have seen Wagner troops on the ground, most of them while going through periods of instability. This has allowed the Wagner Group, and by extension, Russia, to expand its reach to at least four different continents, in particular in Africa, where at least 18 different countries have seen Wagner forces on the ground in the past decade. Well, interesting countries too with rich resources, Mali, um, Nigeria, and especially Congo. In these client states where Wagner is operating, a lot of the work is teaching local militaries how to do kind of reconnaissance and 
counterinsurgency, but often in a very rough way. The Wagner Group generally does this by spearheading brutal military incursions, like in Mali, another prime target for Wagner. Since 2012, Mali has been fighting a jihadist insurgency and has experienced three coups in just nine years. Two of the three coups brought Asimi Goita to power, a Russian-backed president that remains in power today. For nearly a decade, Mali had military support from France, its former colonizer. But in 2021, when France started to withdraw its army, it's widely believed Mali contracted Wagner troops to help them fight against the rebels and secure power. So we'll see what their intentions were. Like We don't know what their intentions were um, in um, in Haiti, but that's what the leak intel shows. And what I wanted to talk about, um, we lean to the... Um, regarding the assassination of Jonah Moise is because already during this investigation now, it seems there seems to be that um, there were former DEA informants involved in the assassination of Jonah Moise, according to court um, um, court filings, court cases in Florida um, during the investigation of the FBI. And now we also know um, that, well, we've knew, we've known this before, but I'll go through this article here, but it was, short, it was um, titled Geopolitics Behind Jonel Moïse's Assassination, um, Haiti's Reproachment with Russia, Venezuela, and Turkey. And I'll get here. A month, so 35 days after Jonel Moïse received and accepted letters of appointment for the new Russian ambassador to Haiti, Sergei Malik Bagdasarov, he was assassinated. Um, so one thing, obviously, this is the way this is written is alluding to, oh, this is the reason now that he was killed 35 days later. Um, but based on the investigations, we know that this coup, this assassination was planned way ahead um, before 35 days. So I, just, I don't want to give the impression that I'm alluding to that that's because of this, that he was assassinated. Well, was it a factor? Um, definitely. Now, they didn't, I'm not, I'm sure that the 35 days, they didn't jump ahead. Okay, well, that this is it now. But they must have known Jovenel Moise's interest from the jump already, especially once he started cutting out contracts, um, speaking out, um, alluding, well, speaking out indirectly about the bourgeoisie in Haiti and the effects on the economy and what he's trying to do. And even now with the New York Times articles come out, you know, essentially the way he was running the country was he was essentially, well, I have to please the bourgeoisie and trying to have, I have my own agenda for the people. So a lot of times he said, well, I'll, I'll let him do this as long as I can do this certain project. So forcibly without a choice, he would turn a blind eye to um, whatever corruption or bad things that they were doing so he can do whatever he can with his limited power in government. Um, so you see, um, it was 35 days after that he died and even um, um, before, after, um, he did. There was a trip that he took um, to Turkey as well um, for a different. I'll try and find it here. Yeah. Before his assassination on June 17th, 2021, Jvenel Moïse accompanied by a large delegation, which included Michael uh, Michel Martiri, rival former de facto prime minister, um, and Laurent Lamotte visited Turkey. The United States worries about Turkey's growing friendship with Russia. Could this trip have added to the growing U.S. discontent? with its puppet president and sealed Jonah's faith on many fronts. Angering many foreign political friends, the Lebanese Syrian oligarchs in Haiti who dislike Turkey's attacks on Syria, opposition, and the U.S. core group nations whose relations with Turkey President Recap Tayyip 
Erdogan is almost as bad as a relationship with Venezuela's Maduro. So this article is alluding to maybe um, also the visit to Turkey. Um, I don't think so personally. Like, I don't think it's fully that reason. But definitely um, they knew about Mujerni um, Moise's agenda. So the Wagner group being interested in going to Haiti is interesting in two ways because um, it's for sure it's a threat to the Western world, but mainly to the West, um, the main U.S. super, the main West superpower, which is the United States, because it's right in their so-called backyard. This interest, um, and especially with a, um, a mercenary group, um, starting to establish this, this relation, you know that already they've been um, essentially they've been the U.S. has basically been the the colonial power over Haiti for a number of years now. It's not even close. Even constitution change. A lot of policies in Haiti were influenced by United States um, policies and pressure. Um, so it's nothing, um, nothing new that people don't know. But with this, this is interesting because already you know that there is a proxy war between um, the U.S. and Russia through Ukraine with the use of Ukraine. Um, and then already you know that more and more countries are 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 trying to join BRICS as opposed to applying to NATO. And then recently too, you saw that there was a leak, that same leak from Jack Texera showed that the there was actually US boots on the ground, not fighting, but actually in a sense showing, um, helping with the operations of the weapons. So not on the ground, not in the, sorry, not on the battlefield, but they are in Ukraine helping out the Ukrainian soldiers um, with their weapons. So some things that we wouldn't have known if that leak didn't come out too. So if I'm the United States and I see a country's getting, and I'm just, I'm hypothetically speaking here, if I'm the United States and I see um, a president like Jonathan Moise maybe getting interested or starting to build relations with countries I'm enemies with, yeah, I'm the United States and I've done coup d'etats in the past and I've killed or influenced the killings of other leaders in the past. I'm probably going to do this one too, if I can, right? Um, it's the same reason why they had blown up the Nord Stream pipeline and then all the media publications in the West, at least, were saying that um, Russia self-sabotaged their own pipeline. Like, how would that make sense? Yeah, they're like they're paying, they're building it. Why would they sabotage when it's an economic advantage for them? Yet it's a dis economic disadvantage to, um, to the United States. Um, and those you don't don't know what I'm talking about. The Nord Stream two pipeline. This was supposed to transport natural gas from um, I don't know exactly where in Russia, but especially from Russia to Germany. A uh, bunch of natural gas. There's a Nord Stream pipeline. That, this was the second one, but it was supposed to um, provide a bunch of natural gas. Um, to Germany as well, but there was an explosion um, for that, so that's um, completely uh, delayed right now, um, and no news on that. So it was interesting to me to see this, since who knows? Like obviously, um, influence and kudetas are nothing new. We see what happened in Peru as well. But one thing's clear though is that whenever this election happens. Um, whenever it does, there's no way, unless who knows, we'll know what type of leader, whoever the next leader is, but there's no way they're not going to be, it's not going to be, remain the same status quo, um, in the sense that they wouldn't be, um, a pleading to the, um, pleasing the oligarchs and obviously pleasing the international community, mainly the West. So we'll see how this goes. So the last thing I want to show you is uh, Maria Isabel 
Salvador addressing the security council on the situation of Haiti. So she goes around. It's nothing new. Like they go around. Like, honestly, I find the UN, these UN councils sometimes pointless because the first five minutes of the briefing is basically telling that saying, giving an update on the situation. But when you're really there and listening to this often, the numbers really don't matter because they're always bad regardless. Like they either go down a bit or they're worse, but they're still bad because always all oh, this number of people dead, um, X of uh, amount of women um, getting sexually assaulted as well. They give this briefing for five minutes and then they go, well, they need an intervention. So it's like, why don't you just get to the point? Anyways, I'll play the video right now, but I'll get to what I want to say here. Um, I won't play the whole thing since it's essentially just talking about the situation um, that's gotten worse. Actions. I observed that a path for Asians to engage in dialogue towards restoring democratic institutions in the country has been charted. However, the general sentiment is that it will be difficult to move forward without effectively addressing rampant insecurity. Since the last briefing to the council by my predecessor in January, gang criminality has grown. Gang violence is expanding at an alarming rate in areas previously considered relatively safe in Port-au-Prince and outside the capital. The horrific violence in gang-ridden areas, including sexual violence, particularly against women and girls, is emblematic of the terror afflicting much of Haiti's population. Allow me, Mr. President, to share figures that illustrate the shocking increase in criminality in I'll Haiti. Skip it here. Dans des zones contrôlées par des gangs à Port-au-Prince. To conclude, I would like to emphasize the urgent need for deployment authorized by the Security Council of an international specialized force, as articulated by the Secretary General in his letter dated 8 October 2020. So again, pushing for a multilateral force going into Haiti. We need to find innovative ways to define the force to support the Asian National Police. Haiti requires immediate assistance to counter increasing armed gang violence and to develop its police. The rapidly deteriorating security situation demands that the country remains at the center of international attention and action. Further delay in addressing the unprecedented insecurity in Haiti could also lead to a spillover of insecurity in the region. The decisive support of the Security Council remains crucial in ensuring security, rule of law, stability, and peace in Haiti. Mr. President, members of the Council, time is of the essence, and the Asian people deserve your urgent action. If not supported, the vicious circle of violence, political, social, and economic Then this is again why the UN is useless, because how many times they've had an intervention, how many U.S. taxpayer money, Canadian taxpayer money has gone into Haiti and it, the, that money has gone, like the country has actually gone worse in the last 20 years, you could say. 20 year period for sure. Like, and then they all come and I don't know who, I don't know how it works. I don't know who pays the UN, who, who pays the salary, how we pay into this or if we even pay into this. But like the fact that they all sit here and act like 
the the situation is because of gang violence. They don't want to they don't want to um, address the bourgeoisie that's been there for 20, well, more than 20 plus years. But a lot of them, the new entrepreneurs, roughly 20 years, um, minus the oligarchies like Bijou, Boulos, and obviously um, um, Apad there. But a lot of them, 20 years. And then they don't want to address the fact that a lot of them, the politicians, are also involved with you, um, with the gangs as well. Um, they want to build this multinational force to kill these these gangs, but they're heavily involved with the the economic sector and the political sector. So you can't have it both ways. You can't address it that way and then leave it all out. But I'm not stupid and naive at this point. I know how the UN functions. Um, even when Kim, I, Kim Ives addressed um, Binu, you would have thought that maybe people have been like, oh, wait, like maybe it's something. Why are we going this? I remember um, some guy, some experienced journalist a while ago said this about maybe what's going on. Why don't we bring this back up? They never did. They never brought those points up, never sanctioned other gang members, as I've pretty I've mentioned in the past, too. Um, so crisis in which the people struggle every day, will continue to turn. Breaking this daunting circle must not be delayed. The Asian people cannot wait. We need to act now. Thank you for your attention. So, nothing new here. We'll see how it goes. So thank you guys for watching. Um, I'll be back regularly from now on. Got a bunch of stuff off my plate. So I'll see you guys soon. Take care.